Emma May Dinkins here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hello, hello, incredible humans. I don't know what the weather's like where y'all are at, but it is so sunny here today and light is like streaming through my blinds and my windows into my room and it's just it's in the 70s and I don't know about y'all but I miss this weather like the wait in late fall and and all throughout winter is so worth it because the sweetness of spring is a such a gift and it's always worth the wait and y'all I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to the Have You Heard podcast. My name is Emma Mae Jenkins and friends Faith comes by hearing. So without further ado, let's get into the word. So this week is extra just fun and special because we are getting to prepare for Easter Sunday. So this is the Passover week where we are leading up to Good Friday, which is the day that that the Lord was crucified on a cross and he was buried in a tomb. And on Sunday, three days later, he rose from the grave. And this is the week leading up to that, at, that we that we have reverence towards that we that we get to celebrate. And it's it's interesting even saying this because it's like, wow, there's such like sadness in my heart while at the same time there's so much joy because whenever I just think about, it brings tears to my eyes whenever I think about the Lord just being so gracious and kind. And in Philippians 2, Paul says that he humbled himself and was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And y'all, he didn't deserve it. He is the king. He is holy. He is sovereign and perfect. And he reigns. He is Lord over all. And he didn't have to come and pay the price for our sin that we deserve to pay on our own. He took our place and it was simply for the glory of his name and because he loves you and I and he wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to spend forever. He wants to spend eternity with us. And I say that there's so much joy because in Hebrews 12, we read that Christ for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. And because of that, we don't have to grow weary of doing good because we have this hope that is an anchor, firm and secure in our soul. And so this week, I pray it's not just this week. I pray it's every day of every week that we are reminded of the gospel, that we are declaring the gospel over our souls and we are sharing the gospel with all the people that we have the honor of coming in contact with. I pray that our lives are pictures of how awesome God is and what he has done for us. And it's just a our lives, may we just be compelled by love, giving praise and honor to the one whom it is due. And so y'all, I'm really excited because this is the Wednesday leading up to Easter weekend are like, oh, it's just insane. Like literally it's the hope of forever that we're celebrating here and the gift of eternal life that is free in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So this week, 
being Wednesday leading up to Easter weekend, I am really excited. I have a message from God's word that I want to share with you about the power of the resurrection, about the power of who God is and what he has done for us and what that means for us. And so I'm really excited. We're going to be reading a lot in First Chronicles chapter 14, and I'm pumped. We're talking about King David today. So starting in verses 1 and 2, it says, Now Hiram, king of Tyr, sent messengers to David, along with cedar logs, stonemasons, and carpenters to build a palace for him. And David, this is incredible, and David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that his kingdom had been highly exalted for the sake of his people, Israel. I just want to pause here. Other versions say that David realized. So a lot is going on. David has been established as king. Now, like the king of Tyre is sending messengers and cedar logs and stonemasons and carpenters to build a palace for David. And David's kind of taking a step back and like kind of letting it all sink in and understanding, getting his head wrapped around what's happening, what he is stepping into. But get this, it says David knew, he realized that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and that his kingdom had been highly exalted for the sake of his people, Israel. David knew that it was the Lord that had put him in this position and he knew that it was for the greatly, it was for the blessing of his people. He was greatly blessed to bless his people. Friends, there's a really exciting and free joy that, comes whenever we realize that whenever God places us in certain positions, it is him who we give the glory for and it is to bless other people. I think we miss out on a lot of joy and a lot of peace and a lot of blessings that the Lord is wanting to give us in the positions he places us in whenever we are so consumed with us and we think that we got ourselves there and we think that it's for us and we think that it's for how many people can give us attention and how many people can know our name and how much praise we can get. We allow so much joy to be robbed because we're missing the point. It says that David knew he realized that he was there because the Lord put him there and he was being greatly blessed. His kingdom was being highly exalted. Why? For the sake of his people, Israel, where has the Lord placed you? What has he entrusted to you to steward? What position has he put you in? Friend, I want you to take inventory of that and go to the Lord in prayer and ask him, how do you want me to steward what you have given me? Show me, God, what it is that you want me to do. Commit your plans to the Lord. Seek his face. It's something my dad says is that Emma, he would tell me, Emma, God places you where he entrusts you with his name and he lifts you up so that you can lift him up higher. In 1 Peter 5, 6, we read that the Lord, he he exalts the humble. Whenever we humble ourselves before the Lord in due time, he will lift us up. And that's not so that we can fill up our ego and we can be exalted. No, it's so that we can then have a broader sphere of influence to bless even more people. And it's all for the glory of his name. Psalm 23 says that God guides us along the right path for what? The honor of his name. And I truly believe that humility is coupled with joy. 
Whenever we walk in humility and we walk with, like David, a knowledge and a realization that where we're at and why we're there is because of the Lord, there is such joy in that. The joy of the Lord is strong in that. And you're able to see your position as, wow, I have this responsibility to steward what God has given me. Whether it's big or it's small, it's significant because God has put me here. But it also takes the burden off of your shoulders that, wow, if God has called me here, as I continue to seek his face, he's going to continue to provide. He's going to continue to lead. He's going to continue to be faithful because that's who he is. And so whenever you think it's all about you and for you and because of you, there's this unnecessary burden that you carry because you think that it's your job to receive the praise and to take the credit for something that isn't yours to take ownership of in the first place. There is freedom and joy when we humble ourselves before the Lord and we know and realize that where we're at is because the Lord established it and where we're at is to bless other people. It's so fulfilling and awesome. (laughs) We're going to continue in verse eight. When the Philippians the Philippians, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. In the NLT version, it says that whenever the enemy, the Philistines heard that David had been anointed as king over Israel, they mobilized their entire army to go and capture him. Just going to pause right there, friends. When the enemy is made aware that not only God is using you to bless people and bring glory to his name, but also that you realize that that is the reason why you know that you're there because of the Lord and to bless his people. And that's the posture of your heart is to be obedient and to give credit where credit is due. When the enemy gets wind of that, the enemy will seek to mobilize and strategize and scheme in ways to steal and kill and destroy. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, Paul says to the church of Ephesus, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Why? Because that's going to happen. He will scheme against you, but you don't have to let that instill fear in you. You can Take heart because you know the Lord has overcome. You can take heart because you know that the Lord is faithful, that he strengthens you. He's at your right hand. You will not be shaken. He upholds you. He's with you. He is God. So be strong in his mighty power. For our struggle, he goes on to say, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, so all of that was there for this. Now that you know to be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, you know that the enemy is strategizing against you, mobilizing his entire army to capture you, coming in full force, full force in order to search you out and to stop the work that you're doing in the name of the Lord. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So that when, not if, but when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Friends, spiritual warfare is real, but you are equipped with not just any armor, but the armor of the Lord. Through the power of Jesus, we have full access to every spiritual blessing and we can take on the armor of God. So when we hear that news, that news that we should expect, we shouldn't be surprised that the enemy wants to strategize against us when he is made aware that we are living for the Lord. Like what Paul said, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Like David, I know that God put me here and I know why. It's to bless people. It's to bring glory to his name. And I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to run this race that has been set before me with endurance. I'm going to stand firm, therefore. And after I've done everything, I'm going to keep on standing because God is worth it. And because God strengthens me to do so, he gives me the feet like a deer so I can stand on great heights. With him, I can scale a wall. His name is a fortified tower. And when I run to him, I am safe. I have that hope. I have that security in the promise and the presence of my God, even when, even in the midst of an enemy mobilizing his entire army to come and capture me, search me out, and stop me. We're going to keep going. How cool is this? So the the Philistines, they hear about this. They're going in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went out to meet them. In the NLT version, it says that David marched. He marched out to meet them. And I love this. I don't know if y'all have seen Princess Diaries, the first one, but it's like one of my favorite movies ever. And in the Princess Diaries, Mia Thermopolis has just found out that she is Princess of Genovia. And her grandmother, Queen Clarice, is teaching her all of the proper etiquette and how to carry herself as a princess. And in one particular scene, the queen or her grandma is teaching her how to have the right posture. And then it's really cool because it's just simply like you walk as whenever you know that you're royalty and like you're going to walk with your head held high, with your shoulders back and with confidence, with a posture of, of security. And And I just love that picture of knowing that David marched out to meet his enemy. Friends, you can march into each and every day because greater is he living in you than the enemy living in the world. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, but blessed is the one who what? Not who has a certain number of followers, not who like has a certain like body figure, not who has a certain amount of money in their bank account, not who has a certain relationship status, like all of these worldly, all of these things, they, they aren't necessarily like bad things, like to be beautiful, to be in a relationship, to have followers, to have a certain amount of money, like those aren't bad things. But whenever we think that it's in those things, we place our confidence It's in those things we place our trust. It's in those things we find our identity. That's whenever it gets dangerous. 
It's like whenever Jesus says, it's not money that is the root of all evil. It's the love of it. Like whenever we place anything other than God, when we place our trust in anything other than God, then we we have our priorities in a whack. And so listen to this, Jeremiah 17, 7, but blessed is the one who what? Trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. David was able to march out to meet his enemy because he trusted in the Lord, because his confidence was in the Lord. Powerful, super powerful. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from one of our network supporters. Today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Faithful Counseling. So let's get real for a second. Is there something interfering with your peace, robbing you of joy, preventing you from carrying God's yoke that is easy and his burden that is light that he intends for you to carry, he designed you to carry? Are you walking through something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I know that for many of us, that can be anxiety, depression, fear, or even broken relationships that can be holding us back. But this is where Faithful Counseling comes in. Faithful Counseling is a worldwide counseling service that is making professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient so anyone and everyone can face life's challenges and can get help anytime, anywhere. Faithful Counseling offers four different ways to get connected to a licensed counselor. You can sit down for video calls, phone calls, live chats, or instant messaging. Every counselor on Faithful Counseling is licensed by their respective state board and has over 3,000 hours of experience. If you think that Faithful Counseling is for you, you can sign up today and be matched with your counselor in 24 hours or less. Faithful Counseling is helping us live our healthiest lives in the comfort and safety of our homes. Be sure to check out Faithful Counseling at faithfulcounseling.com slash MMA slash. So continuing, now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of God. David asked God. David went to the Lord and prayed and he asked, shall I go and attack the Philistines? Like, God, do you want me to engage in this war? Do you want me to come and face them? And I just think this is really, really powerful. And I think sometimes we forget about the power of prayer. I mean, Paul talks about it all the time that we are to devote ourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. To pray is a gift. We're literally having conversation with the Lord, seeking him, listening to him. And he is so faithful that he knows what we're going to ask before we, before we even ask it. And he's answered us before, like we've even asked, like he's gone before us and just been faithful to us. And yet how often do we not seek him in his strength, seek him in his face, rely on him in his guidance, seek the Lord. When you don't know what to do, seek the Lord. When you're facing an uncertain moment, seek the Lord. Whenever the enemy is strategizing, seek the Lord. When everything is going really badly, seek the Lord. When everything is going awesome, seek the Lord. 
Whenever you're really happy, seek the Lord. Whenever you're really sad, seek the Lord. Pray without ceasing. He wants to talk with you. He wants to guide you. He loves you and he is jealous for you. And I think it's so cool too, because in verse 10, we read, we read that David and his army went because the Lord told him like, yes, yes, go. Because the um, David asks like, God, if I go, will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord answered him, go, I will deliver them into your hands. So David and his men went up to Baal Perazim and there he defeated them. Why did he defeat them? Because the Lord said that he would. What the Lord says is a yes and an amen. It is a guarantee. It is a promise. It is factual because the Lord's word does not return void. The word of God is alive and it is active. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. The word of God, we read that just as the rain falls from the heavens and does not return back until it provides nourishment and budding and flourishing to the earth. So is it that God's word is not sent out and returns back to him until accomplishing the purpose for which he sent it? What God says is so. If God says that he will deliver the enemy into your hands, then he will deliver the enemy into your hands. That's why we read, so David and his men went up to Belperazim and there he defeated them. Well, yeah, because God said that he would, because God was with him, because that was God's promise. And I think something else really sweet to note is David asked God and then God answered and then David followed through in being obedient. I, it makes me think of a circumstance um, in the book of Jeremiah, whenever God's people come to Jeremiah and God's people are in such a season of rebellion, like they are not following and surrendering to the Lord. And God is literally using Jeremiah to be a mouthpiece of God's heart to the people saying, please like repent. Like all of these things are going to happen if you do not humble yourself and turn to me. And so the people of the Lord go to Jeremiah and they're like, hey, we need advice. Will you please seek the Lord on our behalf and let us know what we should do? So Jeremiah is just a vessel of the Lord to them and shares the advice that God needed them to have. And whenever the people of the Lord hear the advice that they asked for, they simply respond and say, actually, no, we're going to go do our own thing. How often... <laughs> Do we find ourselves in a place where we're seeking the Lord, we're asking him for guidance, but he tells us what we didn't want to hear. He tells us what we didn't really prefer. And so we end up going our, and doing our own thing anyway. David, very well, he's literally in the face of his enemy and he's asking God, do I go up to them and fight? Will you deliver them into my hands? And God says, yes, go, I will deliver them into your hands. Still then, David and his army could have made the choice to turn around and go back to the palace. They could have chosen to turn around and leave and get off the front lines because they were afraid because God's answer still left them just in this place of, wow, we still have to, like, we're facing this. <laughs> but I love, they said, they went they went. Be still and know that the Lord is God. The battle belongs to the Lord. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. His word is the sword of the spirit. His word is breathed by him and it equips us to do what he's called us to do. If God has said it, 
(laughs) We must be obedient. Even when it seems scary, even when it feels intimidating, be obedient to the Lord. You will never regret being obedient to the Lord. Even if it wasn't what you necessarily wanted to hear, deep down it actually is what you wanted to hear because God, in Him, you lack no good thing. And He wants what's best for you. And what you may be thinking right now is best for you. That may not be it. So don't lean on your own understanding. But what God says, trust in Him and His Word with all of your heart. Acknowledge Him in all of your ways, trusting that He will make your path straight. He is a faithful God. And His response to you, His guidance for you is not with your worst interest in mind. It's with your best interest in mind for the glory of His name. He says that no ear has heard, no eye has seen, no mind has comprehended all that God has in store for those who love him. That the Lord promises that he will work all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Yet how often do we think that we know what's best and so we go our own way? Submit to the Lord. Draw near to the Lord and he will draw near to you. Submit to his word, walk under the authority of his word, even when you don't feel like it, even when your circumstances are screaming to go the other way, trust in the Lord. He's worthy of it and you'll never regret being obedient. I promise. And then guys just listen to how cool. Okay. Now we're in, we're going into verse 11. So David and his men went up to Belperazim and there he defeated them. And this is what David said. As waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So that place was called Baal Perizim. In the NLT version, it says that the Lord did it. (laughs) God did it. God used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. And so they named that place Baal Perizim, which means the Lord who bursts through. Now, you may be wondering, Emma, I thought that this was like an Easter podcast about the the burial, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Stay with me. Listen to how cool. I love, I, I first want to acknowledge, I love how David continues to give credit where credit is due. From the very beginning, we read that he not, he knew and he realized that it was God who placed him there, who entrusted that place that position to him for the glory of his name and for the blessing of his people. And so whenever David is given victory over his enemy, David continues to give credit where credit is due. And he says, God did it. God burst through my enemies. He used me to burst through my enemies like a raging flood. The Lord burst through. First John 4, 4, says, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. No matter what weapons the enemy forms against you, the Lord promises it will not prosper. This points to the gospel because this happened in first Chronicles. It like literally, like this literally happened in first Chronicles 14, whenever David is stepping into his royal position as king over Israel. And yet, Literally, in, if we read in Matthew, in Matthew 28, 6, after Jesus has come and lived the perfect life that none of us could live, 
He died the death that we deserve to die because our imperfect life, our sinful life, our rebellious life, our life of putting things above God, it's worthy of death. The wages of that sin is death. And Jesus came, lived the perfect life, so he was the perfect sacrifice taking our place. He was buried in a tomb after being crucified on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. And friends, three days later, he burst through. He burst through the grave like a raging flood. And he's still bursting through today. The power of the resurrection lives in you. Romans 8.11 says, And the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. And when I say you, I'm talking to to those of you who have surrendered your life to Jesus who believe that he is who he says he is and he did what he says he did, who've put your trust in him, who have confessed with your mouth that what Jesus is Lord and you truly believe in your heart that he rose from the grave. And it continue in Romans 8, 11, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. 1 Corinthians 6.14, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also. Matthew 28.6, it's so powerful. The women are coming to to the tomb where Jesus laid and, and an angel is there and tells them he's not here. He has risen. He what? He burst through. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. And this resurrection power is alive and well today. The power of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is so, so real and alive and active today. I say alive and active because Jesus is the word (laughs) and he is alive. He is hope that bursts through despair. He is love that bursts through fear. He is peace that bursts through anxiety. He is, oh friends, he is joy that bursts through a heart that is so down and broken. He is life that bursts through death. He is light that bursts through darkness. (laughs) He is freedom that bursts through captivity. He is confidence and sureness that bursts through insecurity. This is who he is. He bursts through. That is the Lord, the same God who used David to burst through his enemies like a raging flood is the same God who burst through the grave after being buried for three days and he defeated death. He defeated sin. He defeated the enemy and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms and all He has been placed as the name above every name upon which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And this hope and love and peace and joy and strength and sureness, this rest, this life that he is, he is all of those things, the goodness that he is, the holiness that he is, he, he wants you. He wants to burst through the despair and the chains and 
the bondage and, and the fear that holds you captive in your life. This free gift of eternal life that is found in Christ Jesus, he wants you to have it. <laughs> I think it's so powerful and beautiful that whenever we're reading through First Chronicles 14 and how David continues to give credit where credit is due. And whenever he sees that he's saved from his enemies, that his enemy was delivered into his hands, he points back to God and he says, God did it. And friends, that is, that is the gospel that for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. I, I cannot walk in salvation and say, I did it. (laughs) I saved myself. I worked hard enough for God to love me enough for him to save me. I worked hard enough. I learned enough verses. I went to church enough number of times. I was nice enough to people in order for God to be pleased with me and for him to welcome me into his home. No, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. God did it not by works so that you and I, we can't boast But we boast in Christ, if anything, for we are God's handiwork, he goes on to say, created in Christ Jesus. Friends, how awesome is it that whenever we are resting in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, whenever we are resting in the work of Christ, when we are resting in who he is, and we are seated with him in heavenly places, may our lives declare that God did it. No matter what I do, whether I'm talking on a podcast or I'm sitting in a home with friends or I'm out in the grocery store, it doesn't matter. I want anything I do to represent who God is and what he has done. I want to be like David and realize and know that where I'm at is because of God and why I'm here is because of him and it's to bless people. Man, like I said in the beginning, Such a heart posture, that will change the game. God did it. God defeated death. God saved me. God rescued me. God defeated the enemy. God restored me. God forgave me. God leads me. God protects me. God, he is my everything and in him I lack no good thing. God did it. God did it. And he wants you to taste and see this too. And so, friend, I just want to ask you today, do you know him? (laughs) Have you experienced the power of of the resurrection in and through your own life? The bursting through of the condemnation and the shame and the sin that he, he wants you to have. He loves you so much. And I love you so much. And I pray that this podcast brings encouragement to you. I pray that if you know the Lord, that you are just so encouraged today, that you are refreshed in the word, that you are reminded of the power of the Lord. I want to read this over you guys. It's so good. It's what Paul prays in Philippians 3. And I just think his goal is, I like, I want that to be, I want that to be my goal. Because this is what he says in Philippians 3. He says, I want to know Christ. Yes, 
to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I want to know him, and I want to experience the participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and to know the power of his resurrection. I pray that if you know him, that you would just be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him better. Because friend, your need for the gospel, your need for the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, your need for the love of God never changes. But I pray that your awareness of how much you need it only grows. I pray that your appreciation for it and your awe of such a gift only deepens and becomes more and more enriched. And if you don't know the Lord, friend, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to put your trust in the Lord. Today is the day to taste and see that the Lord is good and to be blessed as you take refuge in Him. Today is the day to experience what it's like to have your fear and your chaos and your confusion and your sin and your shame be burst through with peace and life and hope and security that can only be found in and through Jesus. And he wants you to have it because he wants you. Y'all, I love you so much. Happy Passover weekend. Happy Easter. I am so thankful for you. And I'm so thankful that you joined me this week. I pray that you're encouraged, mightily, mightily, mightily encouraged. And thank you for going to the word with me. (laughs) Y'all are awesome. Be sure and rate, review, download, share it with all your people, you know, all, all the good things. And I will talk to y'all next week. I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.